0: We are Monique and Ellie, and welcome to the Together Apart podcast. We are two mothers who are both currently successfully co parenting. We've come together to create the resource that we wish we'd had when we both started on our own journeys of parenting after separation. We want to make it very clear that we are not trained therapists and are sharing our lived experiences. Some of the concepts we speak of aren't relevant in situations where safety is an issue. Good morning. Good morning. (laughs) Okay, today we are recording our final episode for season one and we're doing things that were hard but are getting easier in relation to co-parenting and we're going to do a quick little bit on our current obsessions because we thought, why not? share what we're both interested in at the moment as a little intro and then get into the actual episode. Yeah.
1: And I think I go through stages where I'm super obsessed with stuff. Like at the moment, I'll see my, I'll share mine first. I'm so mm-hmm. obsessed with this podcast called Circular, Circularity. I don't often listen to podcasts that much, but this one I'm totally devouring. And it is this businesswoman who who uh, helps businesses replicate what's happening in nature. So she talks about how nature is a zero waste, naturally is a mm-hmm. zero waste thing. So she's uh, references uh, compost you eat your you eat your food the scraps go into a worm farm the worms eat it and shit it out and then you put the put that back onto your garden and it feeds that's a closed loop system yeah and she talks about how businesses can replicate that and she interviews some fucking cool businesses around the world and I'm just I can't stop listening to it. it's a really great um, really great podcast and I think it's really forward-thinking for what businesses should be thinking about so that's me and what's so it my- called again Circularity, circularity. I like that name. Circularity, and as a businesswoman, that's I love. I just love stuff like that. I'm really passionate about that. So that's my current obsession.
0: Very cool. I like mm-hmm.
1: it. I'm pretty cool um, like
0: that. I am currently reading *The State of Affairs* by Esther Perel, which I actually got from you recommending. Good book. Um, and it's pretty much rethinking infidelity, which can seem a little bit confronting at first. For me, I've always been curious in learning about, um, you know, different sides of things and opening my mind to that kind of stuff. But it's just really interesting. You know, it talks about what we deem infidelity and, you know, how it's different in every relationship and the, I guess, the stages after an infidelity has been exposed Mm -hmm. People's emotions, all that kind. It's just really cool to read, and it's really such a good book. I like also. I really like that it takes into account both sides of the story. Yeah, it's not just like a black and white thing. And she talks about how it can really reignite spark desire and make people come back to the conversations they had when they first met. And like, it's just really cool. So it helps
1: people feel more connected. And I think mm -hmm. that. The problem that I have with infidelity or people's attitudes towards infidelity is it's very close minded and I can understand that it's really hurtful, but I think there's, I'm very curious about infidelity and what's going on with people when it happens on, a deeper on level. both parts. Yeah, yeah. And I think that this book helps, reignite conversation and curiosity around infidelity for couples. And I think it's a very interesting book. They've got some real life examples in there of affairs. Yeah. I like the real life examples. They're really
0: cool. They make it really relatable. Mm. So yes, that's what I'm into at the moment. It's called State of Affairs by Esther Perel. Just, we might put it in the show notes, maybe both of them. Um, All right, let's get into it. So I was just kind of well, both of us were thinking that sometimes at the beginning, it seems like everything's going to be a bit hard for a long period of time, but these are the things that both Mon and I have noticed get a lot easier with time and just sticking to, I know, your vision of co-parenting and what you want that to look like. So I guess the first one we kind of had was seeing each other every day, which sounds silly, but when you, well, I'm not, some people, I guess, don't see each other every day, but seeing each other often. I know for Charlie and I at the start, I was just, you know, it would be. I didn't like it. I didn't enjoy it. Now it's fine. I mean, we live together. We see each other every day, whether we like it or not. Mm -hmm. But for me, that just got easier over time and through sorting through our stuff and building a friendship up after releasing the romantic relationship.
1: I'm going to contradict what you're saying, because I'm the opposite, where I felt like what was really hard for me in the beginning was not seeing each other every day. Ah. And that got easier. And I mean, now we live together, so it's irrelevant. It's a moot point. But in the beginning, that was one of the things that I found really hard is you spend every day with this person and your lives are so intertwined, and you're building a life together, and you're creating a future yeah, together. and then and then that suddenly stops, and that for me was very, very scary and hard.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I was used to doing all of the things, you know, with Steve. I was used to planning holidays with him, or having dinner with mm-hmm. him, or even going to bed together, you know, at the same time. Yeah. And so getting used to that to me was um, something that was really hard, and ultimately got easier. And now I love being myself.
0: Yeah, no. Okay. I hear that. So there's two sides of it for you, I guess. You can be either. So you can find a harder or easier and adjustment or a bit more of a breathing space. Now I definitely love my alone time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes. Okay. Owning your co-parenting status. Mm. Boom. This is a hard one. I think So hard. I can't. I mean, it was a long time ago for me, but I feel like constantly, especially in dating, trying to, I know you just looked at me like what sort of segue was that, but I just found like talking to people about it now, I'm so much more effortless. And I say dating because that's an extreme. That's people who kind of want to know the ins and outs, so to speak. But even to friends and family, at the start, it was kind of hard to explain because I didn't quite understand it myself. I just just knew we were in it and I knew we were trying to get somewhere, but I didn't quite know how we were getting there. I didn't quite know what I was doing. It didn't feel right all the time. Felt amazing sometimes. And I was like, I don't know. It's just what we're doing. And people don't understand that if they're not in it and they haven't been pushed to make that, or they've never experienced it. then they're not going to be in a space to actually be open to understand that. Yeah.
1: I didn't feel so confident in the beginning dealing with people's questions yes. uh, because I felt like I had, I felt like I had to explain myself or mm-hmm. over explain myself. Same. And because we were doing something that didn't go with the grain, we are kind of, uh, separating Outliers. in a way that was, Yeah. I felt like there were a whole bunch of questions coming to me. Why don't you just get back together? What went wrong? But he's so nice. But you guys are so, I can't imagine you guys apart. he's so nice. Oh, I know. But he is very nice. But (laughs) 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 I just felt Um, like I I would avoid situations like that because I just couldn't be bothered answering people's questions or I felt like I had to justify our situation or justify myself. mm -hmm. You know, I'm, and
0: as a yeah, justifying like you always yeah. I think I always felt like I was on the defensive yes yes instead of just maybe if someone was asking they genuinely were curious yeah. but I always took it as on the defensive because most yeah. people were like well a bit weirded out by it
1: yeah people I think people are still weirded out by our relationship but honestly as time went on I just didn't give a fuck anymore because I think I was seeing the evidence and how much you know Bo was thriving and and. That to me became more important than mm-hmm. what other people thought about. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: now I just don't engage in conversation or I just answer. Like we're just not well matched for each other as romantic.
0: Yeah. But we're doing Heaps. our best for our yeah. child in the way we know yeah. how. And that's, yeah. that's it. I yeah, know yeah. His name. like I just And I take people's opinions with a grain of salt. I'm like, well, I I guess you can separate. And I probably could at the start too, but maybe more now because I'm less invested, less defensive. It's easier for me to step back and go, that's just their own stuff they're projecting onto me.
1: And you've got proof now. Whereas back then it was.
0: Yeah. Yeah all very new, you know, like Mm -hmm. we didn't
1: know how it was going to work. We didn't know what it was going to look like. We didn't know the kind of impact that it was going to have in both. We didn't know the kind of conversations we'd be having. So now I've kind of got a bit of proof and I don't feel like I so much need to justify myself as I did back then. Yeah, I don't know. But owning it is just so much easier now. I'm just like, I don't give a fuck if you uh,
0: have a problem with it or not. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Yeah. Awkward conversations. You said this one, so I'd like to know what you were thinking.
1: I think when, well, when you separate, maybe this is more specific to the fact that me and Steve are living together. But if we had separated and moved out and remained separate, there are so many conversations that we would have had to avoid that we could have avoided. But because we live together, we can't. For example, if we're going on a date. Mm -hmm. You kind of have to have those conversations if Mm -hmm. you're spending the night with somebody. Yeah, the awkward, I'm not coming home tonight. (laughs) All of the stuff stuff you wouldn't have to have if you lived in your private space, you get so much better at. And things that we avoided as a couple or even conversations where I'd avoid conflict before, Mm -hmm. but now I'm like, no, this is really important. We have to be talking about this. But I would avoid them before because I don't want to upset anybody or piss anybody off. I don't care about that stuff anymore because I think it's important.
0: Well, it's important and it leads to furthering your relationship.
1: Yes. And I'm so anchored into where I'm wanting to go Mm. that anything that gets in the way of that kind of
0: is... Well, you're willing to bring it up.
1: Yeah, I'm willing to bring it up. But yeah, so... I think that's those kinds of things get easier sometimes we'll just be I always know when Steve's gonna have an awkward conversation (laughs) have an awkward conversation with me like we're sitting on the couch last night and I was reading and he was watching something on his computer um and then he just kind of went silent. he pulled his earphones out and he's kind of like staring at the tv as if he was gearing himself up to say something to me and then he's like so, you know, last week, and then he kind of launched into this, yeah. and I, but I could feel myself tensing. I was like, oh, fuck, he's going to ask me something. We're going to have an awkward conversation right now. I know. They're funny, yeah. aren't they?
0: Yeah. I also think like for us, we definitely have the awkward conversations and I don't even, Charlie's like an awkward person. Like he just brings up <laughs> random awkward stuff all the time. Like I think he likes being the person to like make you look at yourself. So he just never had a problem with that. Yeah. Me, but I can feel the same. Like I do feel myself being like, oh, like just can we not do this now? Yeah. Um, but I would say we've gotten better kind of at respecting each other's privacy too. Mm-hmm. Like if there's like, you know, if I'm going out on a date now, I just am going out for dinner with a friend and he won't probe. And if he does, like I'll either tell him the truth or I'll just be like, hmm, I'll walk off. because so an awkward conversation has an awkward awkward response response. well I mean yeah but I just think there's a point where you have to respect each other's like privacy as well especially because we live together and like what you said you can't just like if I'm not going to be home yeah or there's a possibility of me not coming home then I have to I have to say that before you know and then when I come home and it's like I didn't get lucky it's like it's just so (laughs)
1: It's just so uh, weird. It's anyway. just something I never ever thought I'd have to deal with, to be honest. <laughs> I know. Uh, it's kind of funny. Uh, um, yes, yeah, so I guess
0: that leads into dating. Oh,
1: um, you date far more than I do, but I know Charlie's well, an elite.
0: More. Charlie said I was an elite <laughs> datist the other day. I was like, but I don't date. I just go on walks with people. And then I'm like, hmm, that was not good. And then move on. Yeah. Or that was nice. Anyway, dating. Oh. Well, I mean, my biggest hurdle has been actually at the moment I find it really hard because I don't know how to date and co-live if I'm Mm. being completely honest. Mm. I don't know how to make that work. And so I've kind of, for me, put it on the back burner because it just takes too much energy to maintain the home, to look after someone. Well, not look after because you're not looking after, but meet other people's emotional needs, plus Rockies, plus, yeah, rallies, plus it is so plus manage much. my own alone time. And I find that I don't get that much alone time. At the moment, I'm not working heaps, so I get a bit more than normal. But I don't get that much alone time anyway. So if I'm spending all my possible alone time with that other person because I want to make sure we have quality time together, then I have no alone time for myself and then I end up really moody and from there. So the bottom line is for me at the moment, I don't quite know how to juggle it. It's a juggle. I'm
1: in the same space as you. I mean, I'm in a relationship and I'm co-living and I also find that extremely difficult because like you, I feel spread thin amongst all Mm -hmm. these people who require something of me. Yeah. And it's not like they're being overly needy. I just feel like, you know, I've got, they're asking for more time than I have to give, and there's nothing left yes. over for me a little bit. And it's really yeah. challenging. And also trying to find privacy. I mean, everybody knows that I live in a tiny house with my ex-husband, mm-hmm. and my partner is we're in a long distance relationship because he's stuck in Australia because the freaking borders are closed. And it's just really hard to try and have private conversations with him on a regular yeah. basis when I can you don't hear, have space. Yeah, I can hear the boys in the next fucking room. Yeah, um, But then I think the other thing that gets easier with dating uh, is also owning – I hate using single mom status, but owning all of the things about yourself – that I think I felt very vulnerable with in the beginning, you know, oh well, I'm a mom who's yes, separated definitely. and who's gonna to want to take this on. And that yeah. to me got easier because I was like, actually, you're fucking lucky to be in our lives because we're amazing. Mm-hmm. My son's amazing. Yeah. And owning that space kind of got easier for me as well because I don't want people coming in and feeling making me feel less than. Yes for having child, you're not my person. You know, I don't need to please everybody. I just yeah. need to find, and I did, you know,
0: so anyway. And you did. And I did. What's gotten easier is not allowing, and I, there's, a, there's definitely a space for questions and there's definitely a space for adjustment and for people getting used to our co-parenting relationship, mm. but not allowing someone to come in and put their own shit on me. Yeah. So it's like, well, this is how it is. And if you're not okay with that, then that's okay. Yeah. And I respect that, but you're not like, this won't work because I need them to be on, like my person needs to be in on our vision. They need to be comfortable with that. I want them to be, they don't have to be best friends with Charlie, but I want them to get on with them. Eventually I'm talking long down the track. I'm not talking, you know, straight away. And so that's what I say when there's like a period for adjustment, but I've really found that as I've gotten, I guess, like you said, more secure in myself, more secure in who I am, my role as a mother, my role as a partner, my role as a co-parent. I'm much more stern on mm. your tolerance you know, for boy fuckery. Yes, is yes. Zero. Yes. Yeah. 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 Maybe not uh, zero. Maybe like maybe what? not zero. Yeah. <laughs> one. Um, but. Yeah, I think that's become easier for me is to set boundaries and mm. really flow through. Because I think at the start, I would have been quite swayable because I just didn't quite, I wasn't strong in that. Mm. This is what we're doing,
1: you know? Much more people pleasing, I think I was yes. in the beginning because good I
0: was trying to manage
1: everybody's mm-hmm. expectations of me. And, and I or, w- like actually not expectations, like how they saw me. I still wanted to mm-hmm. be seen as like a woman not a mother. Yes.
0: Well, as I was about to say, I became stronger in my identity as a mother. I used Mm. to think, I think I thought that because I was a mother, I would, it was a burden. And -hmm. now I think, no, you get like a package of bonus, you know, you get a little person who's awesome. And I made that. And it's the coolest thing ever. I definitely felt for a while, like, and even now to an extent, I do find it hard to mix the mother and then the dating person. Yeah. Because I feel like when I date, I get a break from being a mom no, you know what
1: it is? It's the woman is the sexual being, yes. the sexual part of yourself, and it feels like it's very separate from so the mother separate. who is not, it's more nurturing. Yes. And it was really hard for me to. Intertwine. Or, yeah, or intertwine and own those two parts of myself mm-hmm. as, as one whole person. Okay, next one. Spending time alone. I mean, oh, I don't yes. have a problem with
0: this. One. Yeah, I don't have a time alone. <laughs> I'm like, I'll go live in a cabin in the woods. No one talked to me for a while. Uh, Yeah, me too.
1: Yeah, but um, I know. Um, yes,
0: yeah. but if you do not like spending time alone and you've been in a relationship for a long period of time and then all of a sudden your kids are not with you all the time, mm-hmm. that can be a really hard adjustment. But yeah. it does get easier with time. I yeah. mean, I always and- felt
1: like by the time I started getting time alone, I was absolutely gagging for time alone. Yeah because I was pretty much the sole parent for the first two years and I Mm -hmm. never had a single second to myself. So by the time that the separation was well underway and we were having, I was starting, I was, I was, I was honestly like on my knees to the fucking time gods begging for some space to myself.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a societal thing just with mothers too, that And like, I often felt like I really enjoyed the time when Rocky wasn't with me and she was with Charlie. And I remember feeling so guilty for that because other mothers would be like, how can you do that? How I would just want, and I was like, well, I know she's in a safe place. I trust who she's with and I miss me. Mm
1: -hmm. Like, and I remember
0: feeling like, oh, am I selfish for missing myself? Should I just be this mom that always wants to be around her kid? Because that's not me. Even now, when I drop Rocky off to school, I'm like, yes, right? I miss her and I love picking her up and I love spending the evening with her afterwards, but I still really love my own space and my own time and having a break from being a mom.
1: And I think when Bo, like saying, I still feel guilty. Like when I am away from him for, I'm not really away from him for longer than three or four days at a time. Mm -hmm. But when I am, I do start to feel guilty a little bit. But when I go back to him, I realize I just take advantage of the time that I'm away from him. Mm And I Mm -hmm. feel like I go back to him with a renewed sense of self self and purpose and, you know, I can enjoy my time with him so much more because I feel more present within myself. Mm -hmm. But also in the beginning, I think that part of the reason that I was primarily a sole parent in the beginning were because I was a little bit of a control freak and I wanted him to be parented. I wanted to control all of the aspects of his parenting and his experience and I think when I started to let go of that, because it was I, was, I was thinking to myself, this is having a detrimental effect on me because I'm being short and I'm being snappy. Mm-hmm. And I let him go and spend more time. You know, I sort of encouraged Steve, you need to have more time with him. Or I let him go with his grandparents. It was so good for him to build his own relationships with these people mm-hmm. outside of me. And I felt like that was a really important Thing because my grandparents were so hugely involved in my life and really shaped who I am as a woman. And I think I really want Bo to have that in his relationships.
0: Yeah, I think sometimes we get so caught up in like, this child is mine. Mm-hmm. Instead of stepping back, seeing them as a separate person who has every right to make their own relationships with the people that are around them. And yes, we control yeah. those people, you know for the first part of their life yeah, but they're still a person and they you know yeah. deserve yeah that's like rocky with my grandparents my parents they're just like two of our favorite people in the world and yeah. seeing them build a relationship has been honestly one of the coolest things ever yeah, But even like my friends, the fact that they have little inside jokes together and like things yes. like that, I'm like, just from letting them into her life and letting her have the space with them. I mean, I'm not necessarily leaving them, but if they come over, I'll go into the other room and cook something or I'll do something. And it just gives them the space to create their own dynamic that we yeah. don't have to be a part of. Yeah. Seeing them have connections with other people is, is really special. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Um And then this one, so this was a really hard thing for me, probably aligned with letting go of the white picket fence story, but the idea of not having siblings close in age and then Mon, you added not having full-blooded siblings and having kids with different dads. So all of that is a lot. Yeah. For me, I definitely always thought I would have, (laughs) lol, I laugh at me now. I thought I was like going to have five kids. (laughs) No, I'm like, I think maybe one more. I could potentially be forced to have another one. <laughs> have to have th- like three altogether. But, oh, my God, five, Ellie. Um, But, yeah, that's been a really, really big thing for me is to not have a sibling for Rocky. And that's close in age. I think she'll definitely have a sibling, whether it be from Charlie or whether it be from me. Mm. But I always, because I have brothers and there's three of us within five years. And that was so awesome growing up. And I, I see it like at the start, it was really hard because I just thought, I think I was letting go of that, you know, family dynamic. Mm. Um, now it's hard because I see her playing and she always wants us to play with her. And sometimes they're like, Oh, I just wish she had a sibling. So she would play with them and like, not in a mean way, but sometimes it's hard to be, I think having an only child can be harder because it's you they're your soul. They sorry, want your, your attention. When they're focused. bored.
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: Like they want your attention. And sometimes I'm like, oh, we should have just had two so that it would be easier by now. Um, but for me, like, I think I, as I've, come into motherhood and hung out with lots of other families and heard my friends' stories and stuff and heard about siblings with 10-year age gaps and eight-year age gaps and however many year age gaps and how really it's still such a unique and beautiful relationship regardless of the age, like that's become a lot easier for me to understand and to not push because I would say there's probably a little part of me that when Charlie and I separated was like, oh, I need to find someone else because I don't want her to have a sibling that's not like that's really a lot younger than her but since letting go of that now I'm like it'll be what it'll be and she'll love it and she has so many close friends and I make sure that we you know just reach out to friends and have playdates often and all of that kind of stuff um, but that's something that's definitely was hard for me really hard and now I'm kind of I wouldn't say indifferent like sometimes I still obviously look at her and I'm like oh I wish I had another one of you you know and that kind of stuff but it's also it's something that can come in the future. I am I
1: fully feel this <laughs> in my bones. When I had Bo, I joined a mother's group, I was in Perth and there was, I think it was like 12 of us. All our kids are around the same age. And then when Steve and I separated, Uh, my mother's group started having their second Mm -hmm. kids and they're all kind of pregnant around the same time. And every time someone got pregnant, it just felt like it highlighted to me how I had failed in my relationship. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't an option to me. And it used to make Mm -hmm. me feel so sad. And there was a part of me that cognitively knew that I was not emotionally in a space where I could have like two kids under three or whatever it was but just seeing all my mother's group and everybody having their second baby just yeah made me feel a little bit like a failure so I've kind of let that go now especially because my son's nearly he's six this year so I'm definitely not gonna have I know he's just such a big boy I'm definitely not gonna have siblings close in age but like you having friends who have older kids, you know, they've had their second mm-hmm. child when their first baby is like six, seven, eight, ten, even. 10, even. Yeah. And seeing that kind of relationship, uh, that different kind of relationship that they have has been so beautiful. And then also for me, you know, I have shitloads of siblings. I have some that are all, like 10, 15, 20 years older than me. And then I've mm-hmm. got my closest and age brother is two years difference. The age gap doesn't really mean anything. It's our personality that, determines whether or not we're close. My sister is nearly 10 years older than me and I'm closest with her than any of my other siblings really. And then I've got a little brother who's eight years younger than me and he's like my baby as well. So I've kind of let that go. That's gotten a little bit easier. Having, not having a full-blooded sibling, again, this is so dumb because my sister that I was just talking about who I'm closest with, she's adopted. We're not blood related at all. Mm -hmm. And she's my fate one of my favorite people in the whole entire universe. She never makes me feel like I'm not her full sister. And yeah, so that's a dumb thing, but I just kept thinking, especially when people say, oh, just have one more, or you, you, you guys make such beautiful babies, just have another one. Those things actually feel mm-hmm. really hard and they really hit that grief note with me to yeah. think that, Yeah. I'm only going to have one of my baby with Steve. And sometimes I honestly do think, this is a very vulnerable thing to say, but sometimes I think, oh, it would just be so much easier to have another kid with Steve because I know what he's like as a parent. I know what our kids would turn Mm -hmm. out like. It would just be so much easier. And I think there is a little part of me that is afraid that of this idea of having kids with different dads and how it would be perceived and what if I separate from...
0: the next 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 one yeah yeah
1: all of those kinds of things definitely come into play and it gets easier most of the time I don't really think about it but when I do I definitely get some feels about it (laughs) so I won't say that I or I don't but at the same time I trust that whatever's going to happen is going to happen yeah and I hate people telling me that oh he should have another kid, you should have another baby or she's have a sibling mm-hmm. so that Bo's not an only child. I know plenty of kids and adults mm-hmm. and people that have siblings that
0: are absolute dicks. Totally. Being an only child does not determine that. No, it doesn't determine that at all. I think it's very much your home environment. For me, obviously, because I wanted five children, um, I thought I was gonna just love being a mum and I love being Rocky's mom and I love being a mom. But I don't think honestly I would be cut out for heaps of children. I just I like my own space too much. I love being a mother. I'm very nurturing. I'm very present with Rocky, and I like how I am as a mum. But that's to one child, and I think when I think about having more and potentially maybe two more, because if I did, I would do it quite quickly, I guess. But my, my poor my poor body and my oh my god. Um, but the idea of that, like I just don't know if I could handle it. Like I really like my um, my freedom. Yeah. And I know it's only for a short period of time, but I do really like just not, I like the age Rocky's at now. I found the early stage really hard. I found not having my body to myself and not having time to myself really difficult. But, and I wonder if you're the same, cause we both separated when our kids were younger.
1: I do often think about, I wonder how it would be different having a child. Yes. When I, I'm not having, yes, a
0: separation.
1: A, well, yeah, and t- uh, conflict. No, actually, it wasn't a conflict, but tumultuous relationship. Yes, I totally agree. Yeah, and so I do have that curiosity, and I'm like, well, maybe it will be, maybe it will be different next time. Yeah. I don't know, but also I'm in a diff, different mindset as well about the kind of woman I am and the kind of mother mm-hmm. that I want to be. You know, and I have more confidence, I suppose, you do as a second time mum mm-hmm. uh, with you know, as a first-time I was just so finicky and pedantic about everything and so on edge. Oh my God, is he breathing? Is he, is he, why did he, why is he, what's wrong with my kid? He keeps waking up 700 times a night. You know, I think I'm, I'm less rigidly attached to that idea Mm -hmm. of what a mother looks like. So I do, I am curious about what it would be like second time around. Also I'm fucking older than I was.
0: I'm 37
1: this year. I'm going to be a geriatric pregnancy. (laughs) yeah I think they're trying to change the name of that that's a horrific name I was talking to someone about it yeah but anyway so it'd be very interesting but those kinds of things definitely were really really hard for me in the beginning to the point where I was like seriously considering how I can fix this can I get away with having a second kid and not being with my father of my child can
0: we do a, can we do a business agreement like, <laughs> but like, ultimately it, I was yeah. like I want
1: this to be not a reactive experience I want it to be something that
0: comes from a place of love well yeah for me when I look yeah. at my next child and my next partner look at them they don't exist yet but when they do if they do I think for me it'll be a really healing experience mm, because yeah. I think you know Rocky was a surprise yes. I was 23 like yeah. 24 when I had her but 23 when I found out I was pregnant and that's so young and now me as a woman I'm like excited to experience it differently mm-hmm. and go I don't know I'm yeah that's always been something I'm really looking forward to in life because I feel like my next birth and my next newborn bubble stage and all of that without the not being in the right relationship mm-hmm. can be and will be really healing. Oh, yeah I'm
1: excited for not being shocked by my pregnancy being much more informed but in a more Mm -hmm. surrendered way Mm -hmm. as well and then just emotionally and spiritually being way more stable
0: and self-aware than I was. Totally. And I said to someone the other day, not long ago, I was like, the next time I have a baby – will be when people's reaction is congratulations instead of, oh no, what are we going to do? I was like, that is my, that's my baseline. As long as they say congratulations instead of like with a little shocked face and like, okay, are we happy or are we not? Then I will be fine. That's all I want. I get it. I totally get it.
1: Okay. So those are all the things that we personally have found were really fucking hard. gets a hard lot easier. It gets easier. Yeah. I think parenting and motherhood and co-parenting, it's all.
0: Such a wild it's, ride.
1: It's just such a ride. It is such a freaking ride. And I think that's all we have time for this week. Thank you for listening. And we will be back next season.
0: for being part of the co-parenting movement we are so grateful to have you here if you've enjoyed today's episode please head over to itunes and give us a five-star review and subscribe if you know any friends or family going through a separation with children please pass this on so we can reach as many people as possible follow at parenting Apart on instagram and we look forward to seeing you next time